Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. In a world where Carolina Panthers fans have an insatiable thirst for Panthers news and opinions, only one podcast roars ferociously. It's the C3 Panthers podcast. Yo, what's the deal, Panther fans? It's your boy, Tony Dunn, a.k.a. The Professor. It's the C3 Panthers podcast. We're bringing you extra content during free agency, guys. Uh, the podcast is 9 p.m. live Tuesday nights, but we got to get to know these free agency pickups. And the Panthers added a few on defense yesterday. All of a sudden, it really seems like the second phase of the Panthers' defensive rebuilds has set in. While it may even be a little temporary with Hassan Reddick being a one-year deal, I still think there could be legs on that for the future when the cap expands. But Denzel Perryman is going to be the subject of tonight's show. Uh, so we're going to get to know him, what he's capable of, what some of those limitations are. And we're going to do that with... Kevin and Craig from the Charger Chat Podcast. What's up, Kevin, man? Good to see you again. Good to see you, too. Thank you for having us back on. Really appreciate it, man. Thanks for having us. Welcome, Craig. Uh, last year, we talked right before the Carolina Panthers. Kevin and I did uh, with the Carolina Panthers went west to play uh, the L.A. Chargers. And, you know, is that the Chargers were probably thought to be a much better team at that time. And I believe this, Kevin. If you you might be able to remember this more clearly than I I can. Um, wasn't that the week that uh, Tyrod Taylor got his lung poked? I think wasn't it week two? I think it was like maybe our third week where it was like we were so high, everything was going really well. We were pumped. We were ready to <laughs> ready yeah. to play. And then we had that we had our conversation, and we were kind of you know bragging a little bit a little pumped up and you were like ah you guys are probably going to beat us and then you beat us and then we just yeah. kept losing and that's kind of how I think it went that but- was that may have been justin herbert's first or second game at that point i you, mean you it got, was close you got some fresh herbert for sure yeah yeah Definitely. and um we've gushed about justin herbert on this podcast so uh well all right you guys i brought you on because as all these free agency moves unfold and i know you guys are watching it for your team you're watching people leave you're watching people come you guys got Jared Cook today, right? Or yesterday? That yeah, was the last news. I, yeah. We're cooking, and, and our guy Craig has a little insight on uh, our boy Cook now. Okay. All right. So uh, as all these players move around the NFL, and I cover or follow the Carolina Panthers very closely, right? For the last eight years, we've been doing this weekly podcast, like all my Twitter, right? And I watch it, I watch it, I watch it. And I tell you, every year I'm reminded during free agency how few people I actually know. You know, is that like, and you're like, oh, I got to go look up this guy that we got yeah. David Moore. Mm-hmm. Da- we just signed David Moore today. And they were like, uh, oh, that's the guy that burnt corn in that game a long time. So I've, we just go to the source and try to figure out this. The Carolina Panthers 
really were on underwent a defensive rebuild last year. We had seven defensive picks, I think six or seven defensive picks. It's only like the second time in history that a team had done all defense in the draft. We tried to get young, younger and faster from being kind of old and slow the year before. And it, there were some bumps and bruises in the beginning, but we started to get better as time went on. One of the weaknesses, though, and it was clear and apparent from the beginning, was to hear Whitehead was a total bum. We brought him in on a one-year deal to play middle linebacker. Luke Keekley had retired the year before unexpectedly. And the Panthers were sort of unprepared for this. And we realized that to hear Whitehead was like, I mean, making our team worse. In fact, when they benched him, we got better. So the new GM and Matt Rule make a, I mean, a, a concerted effort this year to really shore up this linebacking group. And it seems like Denzel Perriman is the guy that they really believe uh, can help with that. So just speak a little bit about what you think about the acquisition and Denzel Perriman in, ger- in general. Why don't you kick it off, Greg? Yeah, sure. And um, started off first and foremost, I'm a Miami Hurricanes fan. So I was elated when we drafted Perriman. Um, you know, kind of give you like the Ray Lewis vibes. He wore 52 the whole nine. Of course, it was just like the next generation of great linebacker at the U. So when we got him, I was all amped about it. Um, you know, some of, of course, what he does well lends itself to being, I guess, what everyone would call a thumper. You know, kind of in the box guys coming downhill, he's shooting gaps, he's blowing guys up. Um, he sets the tone. I mean, we're talking about a guy with bad intentions. Somebody's probably going to get knocked out at some point during the game if Denzel no Perryman plays, you know, 70-plus percent of the snap. Somebody's going to get hurt, probably. You don't wish that on maybe, anyone. Maybe even himself. Yeah, maybe even might. himself. <laughs> I mean, look, the dude took on six foot seven, three hundred and what, like fifty pound Makai Becton. Oh was, yeah, that's ass. Like just smoked him. And I mean, yeah. you know, talking about a dude that's eight inches taller, over a hundred pounds heavier. So like the dude, he's he's insane. But uh, generally, you know, kind of the role that he played with us is what I spoke to. Um, he had an injury situation, injury history, and that kind of, you know, derailed his career with the Chargers. But, um, you know, again, he was kind of the emotional leader on defense, um, even when he wasn't playing. He's a guy who hypes up everybody on the sidelines. He's a great locker room dude. But as far as, like, deficiencies, he's not the best in coverage, although he played much better in coverage this past year. I think he was actually rated the highest in coverage amongst all our linebackers, which is saying a lot. So um, he showed some definite improvement there. But as far as, you know, having him defend tight ends up the seam, you know, running backs out of the backfield, that's not really his game. Um, But if you want somebody's head blown off and uh, you want to, you know, make some stops behind the LOS and keep teams behind on down and distance early in downs, um, that's your guy. All right. Well, I mean, like, that's kind of what we're looking for at this point is that uh, the run game was the deficiency with Tahir Whitehead. I mean, not that he could do cut pass coverage anyway. He couldn't do Mm -hmm. that either. But it just really, you just kind of find out, man, when the center of the field is weak and when it comes to your D tackles and then up the middle and the linebacker, man, people just run all over you. And I know that people don't in the NFL don't believe that that's super important anymore. But, man, when the team steamrolls you each and every week, that defense gets tired. So hopefully that will bring a little aggression, a little alpha male to the team. Kevin, one of the things I've noticed, though, is that his. Actually, maybe I'll put it this way, is that just to background 
is that we had John Beeson and Thomas Davis at one point. We had Dan Morgan, Will Witherspoon. We had uh, Luke Keekley and Thomas Davis. And, like, these guys just consistently put up 100 tackles a year. Like, no problem. Like, they do 100 tackles in a, in a season in their sleep. The most that uh, uh, Perryman's like had was 60, in his rookie year, I think. Yeah, yeah, something like that. And it's gone down, but his PFF grades have gone up. So just tell me about how he's developing as a player and and uh, can he does he have room to for growth still? Well, for me, like just to go back a little bit, like for me, the biggest thing with Perriman is like out of all of the guys that walked this year, he was he was the heartbreaker for me. Like I really wanted to bring him back. He like Craig said, he's like the heart of the team. He made he made one hit um, our last game of the season, Kansas City. I think there was like a. A uh, little screen thrown out. He lit this guy up so hard, man. You could see the entire sideline explode. Like the energy was was unreal. I, I think it, it's he got kind of screwed the last couple of years in terms of like what happened with him with bringing in Kenneth Murray, uh, Drew Tranquil, kind of stepping up. Some of our linebackers really kind of excelling and also being good in in coverage. And that's he didn't really like Craig said didn't really excel there. So I think you know they're they're definitely you know. Running downs, you have a great linebacker. And I think there is, you know, he has room for improvement if he's on the field more. Like, he did not see the field that much the last couple of years. So, you know, if he can stay healthy, that's the big thing is he, you know, he's – Is that what it's been? Has it been injury? Has it been injury or has it been a combination of injury and players uh, that they are trying to get more reps to? I think it's the lethal combo. I think he it was the perfect storm of him not getting a lot of opportunities and then also getting dinged up because he plays like a kamikaze. Um, so I think if you get him in the right situation, you keep him healthy, you get him in the right, you know, get him in those right situations. Like I'm kind of a Panther fan now because he was, you know, I have right there behind my shoulder is a signed Paraman jersey. Like he's my boy. Like I love that guy. I'm I'm a linebacker guy. So like I was really bummed when we lost him. And I'm and when you reached out to like do it, I was like, you know what? Of any of the players that got released, I wouldn't want to talk about them really. But this guy, I'm like, I love him. So I'm, you know, I'm I'm following him on Twitter, Instagram. I'm not I'm not unfollowing him. He's still my guy. Absolutely. Yeah, right. Just to piggyback, just real quick, and kind of speak to what Kevin was talking about in regards to the injury kind of being the combo. I mean, I think he played what like 69 out of a possible 96 games. So I mean, he was down yeah. a bunch, and um, when he played, he played kind of nicked up also. So I don't think we ever got to see the best of him at any given point in time consistently. Yeah, is that this is from Charlotte Observer. They wrote, he has never played a full 16-game season, having dealt with a variety of injuries throughout his career. Staying on the field will be one of the biggest question marks for Perryman, who has never played 500 snaps in a season. In 2019, he signed a two-year deal, $12 million extension with the Chargers, but elected to explore free agency. So he's coming off of... Um, I don't know. It depends on this. Is I feel like every article I read, sometimes they say it's his best statistical year. Sometimes they say it's his worst statistical year. <clears throat> this shows you that uh, when uh, maybe it was was it Mark Twain that said there's stats, damn stats, and lies, or something like that. <laughs> anyway, is that you can interpret the numbers however you will, but the durability is uh, is a real question here, and because I don't think the the Carolina Panthers are bringing him. In to be a role player, right? As I think they're investing with him and Shaq to, and maybe Jermaine Carter Jr., who is still trying to get paid on his own right here. So, you know, they're trying to build a unit that's going to play week in, week out. And they're really putting together some cool pieces. Hassan Reddick, 
Brian Burns, Derek Brown his second year. So if this guy can stay healthy and play like that kind of mean, almost like Thomas Davis used to play uh, uh, for a while, is that that could be helpful. Now, what type of injuries has he dealt with? And is he injury prone or is this just typical NFL? I mean, like, first of all, everybody is injury getting injured in the NFL. That's not an issue. But like, where are your concerns? How big is this injury concern? I guess I should say. I think it's like more soft tissue stuff that he's dealt with. Um, I mean, right. you've seen not the guy, like a blown out knee or yeah, shoulder like, or something. Like that. Not necessarily like the major stuff. Not like what you typically see from Chargers players. You know, all our best players have a tendency to have some sort of heartbreaking injury or like, last, like, like, like lacerated that. spleen yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, typically nothing along those lines. It's a lot of like soft tissue stuff. But I mean, if you ever seen the dude like without a shirt on, he's freaking like he's a ball of muscle he's freaking compact and really tightly wound so i think i mean i'm this is a little bit of like my background in being a, a personal trainer so it, forgive me if this comes out every once in a while so i think his flexibility is a bit of an issue and that's what lends to a lot of the injuries that he has he's really like i said short stocky and muscular um Typically, that doesn't lend very well to being super agile. And, you know, if you're somewhat of a twitchy guy and you're that size, you'll pop muscles, pull them all the time if you're not super flexible. So personally, I think the dude needs to invest in some yoga classes. That's just me. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. No, I mean, those are all the that's an interesting thing. You know, I've been I've lost like 12 pounds in the last five or six weeks. I've been just trying to get back. I'm about to turn 40 and I was giving up. So I'm not giving up anymore. Nice. Up, man. And, uh, but I've been uh, doing this. Uh, and I tell you this, the hardest things I've been feeling is like my hips. It's like I, when we do these hip flexor mm-hmm. stuff. Oh, my God. Like, so I guess <laughs> and I am not flexible. I What's the sideline like, to sideline fall and like? break their hip? Like the, the hips, the thing. So I keep yeah. that thing flexible, bro. Keep it flexible. Yeah, I hear you. I'm not flexible. I am, I am like uh, Denzel Perriman, except for not an NFL athlete. So I could invest in some damn some yoga, yoga classes myself. But what's this uh, sideline to sideline spin? You know, we've been spoiled by that. It's just guys be able to react and play. Is he that type of player where he can – if you surround him with some good play- players, particularly, it's like we saw this, is like the best years that Luke Keekley and Thomas Davis ever had. They had a strong front four, and they just let these dudes cook. Like they just didn't say, it was just like, go out there and you play it. You see the run, you know, like you do your thing. And these guys played instinctually. Is he capable of doing that, or is this guy just going to be kind of a – decent fit but not a great fit i think you're probably like for him he's not the fastest of linebackers but i think in terms of like shedding blocks and making tackles it doesn't get a lot it doesn't get really much better than what he's capable Good. of doing he's okay. so strong he's he's low low center of gravity he sheds stuff like mckay beckton the big big boy tackle put him on his butt made the tackle like that's 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 his style so i think you're looking you know your best stuff from him is going to be tackle the tackle shedding making reads and he's you know very 
instinctive player. Like he, he seems to always be in the right place unless he's jump, dropping into coverage. That all, that doesn't always work out for him. And then, um, he's, like, chasing. then he's, then he's chasing, chasing. Poor guy. So, then he's chasing. So, you know, chasing. rundowns, rundowns. And then, you know, just it's like that risk to reward ratio with the injury stuff. It's like, there is a, there's a risky situation with him being injured, but the reward of him putting people down and really just getting your team fired up and momentum swings. Like you can't, there's no analytics for that. There's no like stat sheet for like my guys are more pumped up because I made a tackle. So I think that's kind of where, it, where it lands with him. Where, All right. The funny thing about that is, is like, if you keep him clean, which is what you need to do. If you keep him clean, he looks faster than what he is when he trusts his eyes. Anytime he sees anything or he feels it coming, he shoots it and he looks like he's being shot out of a cannon. Like those fast. hits that you see where he stops guys behind the line of scrimmage and he's shooting gaps, he looks extremely fast. I'm not saying that, you know, he can't move. He can. It's just he's not a guy who's going to, like I said, chase anybody down from behind. Um, sure, sure. He catch guys sideline to sideline. But, again, if he sees it and he trusts it and you keep him clean, then, he, like, literally he's – looks like a little freaking speed Gonzalez in the middle of the field, just bouncing around from side to side. So just keep them clean and you're fine. All right. Catch me up on the, the chargers guys real quick is in the last couple of minutes is what's going on with the chargers and free agency so far. It's a wholesale. <laughs> We're getting rid of a lot of people, man. We're going to have a new roster, but the big thing they've done, I think a lot of people have seen is his offensive line. Our boy Herbert, we need to protect him. He's our golden golden child right now so they made some big moves and lindsley from the packers and uh, uh filer from the um steelers so you know they're building the line they're the drafting is interesting we just picked up cook like there's just a lot of cool stuff about to happen i think he's old though man you can't only be so excited about jared cook and there's not a lot of excitement you maybe ask, he's ask timeless maybe Here, he's kind of timeless I'm, maybe he doesn't I'm the shamelessly age, like positive guy whoever we get i'm gonna find a reason to like him craig has a little more history with them because he's got some new orleans ties why don't craig don't do him dirty but what do you think about him okay i told yeah, you I'm, I, trying. I'm trying so i'm doing my best <laughs> to be as positive about this as possible um you know i'm getting flamed up on twitter for some of my takes but look I'm, I'm a realist. Here's the thing. So as Kevin mentioned, um, I'm, I'm a little bit of a black sheep. I'm the one I'm a, I'll say about 90 percent of my family are Saints fans. So I'm from Louisiana. And of course, me being a Chargers fan, I catch the games when I can. Um, but the majority of the time on Sundays, I have to split time between Saints and Chargers games. So I watched a lot of Cook and. Here's the thing about the guy. He he doesn't lack for athleticism. He's still pretty decent athlete for his age. The problem is, and this is like one of my favorite sayings, like he, he's a bit of a gump. Um, he has a tendency to do some of the silliest things at the worst times. And <laughs> that's it, what you mean by gump. Yeah, that's what I meant. Like Forrest Gump. Yeah. Oh shit. So it, it's like he has complete brain farts during games. And it's almost like, dude, do you remember that you play football? Like, I'm, I'm not sure what that decision was, you know, why you decided to switch the ball over to your left hand in the middle of traffic to allow somebody to punch it out. Like, they're actually guys attempting to tackle you. That That's just not a great football decision. But, I mean, look, enough of bashing the guy. He's going to serve a purpose. It's a one-year deal. Um, I think our number two tight end right now is Donald Parham, six foot eight do 240 pounds i think with you know frank smith coming over from the raiders who had a huge hand in developing darren waller 
Um, I think he would work wonders for Parham. And there's an opportunity to draft a young uh, tight end in the draft and develop him maybe in like the third round or later or something like that. But the Jared Cook situation, I'm coping with it. Hopefully we (laughs) find a way to possibly, you know, integrate him into the offense to where he plays a pretty decent part. I I do think the goal was to get a more athletic tight end and not spend a ton on him. And they accomplished that. Let's just hope the dude plays with his brain on on Sundays. That's it. All right, what else have you guys done? Uh, you know, we're still – I don't feel happy for you about Justin Herbert. Like, I can't feel happy for you guys because we're sitting there at eight waiting for him right there. My boy <laughs> Co- Cody, who does, who his, was a giant Justin Herbert fan coming into that draft while no one else was really on him, and he was like, dude, look at this. He's finding pictures of Marty Herney with him and grinning. He was like – Come on. And then you guys picked him right in front of us. And then he turned yeah. out and balled. So can only be so happy for you. <laughs> it is nice to have a quarterback, isn't it? Oh, so refreshing. It's the same thing with like, we get it all the time from Miami fans. Like they're even in the worst situation where they picked the wrong guy and they're mad yeah. at us for picking I was, the wrong I was, guy. I was all on two of that year too. So I was wrong. I'm not gonna lie, I was a pinch too. I've got to be honest, but yeah, I'm, no. it's just, it's fun. It's having a quarterback. That, you know, that's what you need in the NFL. Like our, the new NFL, you need a quarterback. So we have one, and it, he's exciting, and he's brought. You know, the big the big joke is that we can't fill a stadium. We don't have a great fan base. Like, I wish you could see the people coming out of Woodworks now, or former fans, or new fans. Like Herbert's bringing them. So I think mm-hmm. stadium situation is gonna be a little different when people show up. So last year we swapped picks, or not picks, players. We swap. We swapped players. Ah, uh, you want to do this? <laughs> do you want to? Not do really. This? I'm not. It's, I'm not trying to make fun of it. Dude. I want to see like why you first. You guys hot can only garbage. Be so mad. Hot garbage. Dude. Okay. Really? Hot that garbage. bad? Look, it was it that was, bad. We watched a lot of my my brother specifically on our podcast had a fascination with his laziness and his lack of effort. And his just penalties. Really? Just dumb, dumb thing. There's a wow. reason why he got cut. It was so underwhelming. I thought we were getting the stud. I thought you guys were the suckers for taking Okung, and we were going to get him. And, boy, do we have pie in our face. And I'm it's, it's such a bummer. It's such a yeah, bummer. Yeah, well, you guys paid a lot. You know, I mean, I get, you know, he got paid a lot of money for a while. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, he got his big money in, like, three years ago. You know, so this was the last year of the deal that you were shedding, I think, with that $11 million. Yeah. Russell Okung struggled with uh, injuries for us. He wasn't great. Wasn't awful. You know what I mean? Like, it's probably better than what we've had for a while. We've had our best tackles, really, in the last decade. Two of those names are Russell Okung and Michael Orr. <laughs> like I mean, like yeah, I mean, there's sucks. only so yeah, that sucks type thing. And dude, if I told you some of the other names that are on that list, you would really say that sucks. Like Byron Bell or um, Matt Khalil, the worst. Matt Khalil is the worst football player in the history of football. <laughs> I really think it. Um, but you know, the my favorite thing about Russell Okung is is that he got paid in bit Bitcoin. Bitcoin, dude, that guy made so much money. The last year on that Bitcoin he, trade, his he got it paid in December, and it's almost tripled since then. What so smart, smart man. And uh, you know he negotiated his own contract with you guys. 
um, yeah. back yeah. in 2017. What, what agent's going to let him do Bitcoin? Like, seriously, like, you know that he's going in there by himself. i tell you and, this, like, is now all the agents are going to be trying to do that Bitcoin or something now. Yeah. Hell but, yeah. Um, or just a couple. Just throw a couple Bitcoins on top of I know. The 50-50. Just yeah. half cash, half Bitcoin or something. Yeah. But, uh, you know, we signed Matt Khalil that year, and you guys signed Russell Okung. I always hate this, though, when we get a player that's like, I wanted him three years ago. So I wanted Okung three years ago, not last year. So yeah. uh, y'all's offensive line, it sounds like, you know, you're pumped about it last year. What, oh, happened, other than tra- what happened other than Trey Turner? <laughs> Go ahead, Craig. <laughs> oh, gosh. Okay. Um, the typical Chargers thing, um, injuries uh, <laughs> down. Like literally every year is the same thing. Um, for a little while, I didn't know if we were playing on top of like uh, Indian burial, burial ground or something like that. I don't know. Like, I don't know what the, the problem is. You moved guys, and you're still getting injured. <laughs> it's guys will come to our team who've never had injury history before. And suddenly it's like they can't get out of training camp without something going terribly wrong. And again, it's like I said before, it's never really like the, you know, I tweaked an ankle or something variety. It's always something that keeps them out for weeks on end. And when they come back, they're not what they were supposed to be. Um, that every, we were all pumped about the O line. Well, at least the right side of it coming yeah, into this year. things to be excited about. Yeah, I mean Brian Bulaga, Iowa. Um, Iowa. You know, we, we were super amped about him, and of course, we thought we got over on you guys with the Trey Turner trade. That you know, I said I wasn't going to say his name anymore. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it, that's the way it panned out. The same way everything else does. Um, you know, guys went down. You've had. Multiple guys have to switch positions. Um, you have uh, – I'm trying to be positive. You, you you don't actually have the depth behind those guys to come in and pick up the slack. Um, that just comes from poor team building in certain areas. Um, that's a whole different conversation. We had a but, couple XFL guys. If you want yeah. To yeah. But, but, hey, Storm Norton is a hell of a name for a dude for the Chargers. I'm sorry. <laughs> totally. Yeah. I love that. And he didn't play he bad. He didn't play charger. poorly. He didn't play poorly when he got in. But, I mean, you know, you got projects in the third round, like Trey Pipkins. <sighs> That's what happened to our offensive line. Essentially injuries and poor quality of depth behind the guys that got hurt. What did you all think about that Vincent Jackson story? That was awful, Seven. man. Just, you don't like hear that. crazy, dude, isn't it? He's like my uh, – I'm 39. I think he was 37, 38 yeah. or something. Yeah. It's, it's insane. Chargers I don't know if I, I never heard any details other than that they were, you know, he had been struggling with alcoholism. I think I heard one thing and then, but they, I don't know if they were investigating, but to hear a guy that got paid, that homie got paid by Tampa, right? Wasn't yeah. it Tampa that gave him the big yeah. money? Yeah. Uh-huh. And like to go out in a holiday and poor guy. Um, all right. Well, uh, guys, uh, look, I was listening to your podcast today. And you guys said, y'all were like, don't ever mention Trey Turner. So I couldn't help but ask. <laughs> it. But, but still, tell me where you, what you guys are doing. Uh, I know you guys got this cool-ass intro uh, on your podcast on YouTube. You need to go. I'm telling y'all, I'm going to encourage y'all to go live and start doing video and audio at the same time. We're, we're working as on well. it. We're building it, man. It's like, you know, it's been a hobby for 
last two and a half years and in the last six eight months it's really picked up and a lot of people are watching and listening so it's given us uh thank you justin herbert thanks herbo for sure so it's you know it's it's easy because i i'm a filmmaker that's what i do for a living so like i can just sit here and whip up stuff and then you know craig's like great and i should look great (laughs) and then craig's like you know he's like our on-field reporter we got our three guys and then craig comes in every episode with his take so we're just trying our our goal is to get all the community all the chargers involved and bring everybody together and and we're kind of doing that and then the live thing that's that is the next step we're trying to yeah, we'll, we'll get there. We're going to get video and do some live stuff for sure. Yeah. I'm going to yeah, kill man. all this crap about us not having fans, man. Yeah. I see somebody new on Twitter every, every day. Every day. And the community is growing, man. So I don't know if it's – I mean, I'm, I'm sure it's a lot of new fans. I literally just saw a guy on Twitter today renouncing his, like, fanship of uh, the Chicago Bears, and he's jumping on board with the Chargers. So, I mean, they're coming in, and we've got the people who maybe left when they relocated that, you know, are loving Herbert and coming back. Like, yeah, it's a little yeah. left out. Yeah, I mean, you know, so it's cool. And I said in a little while, dude, we're going to be trendy. Um, That's going to suck because I don't really like the way that that feels. But look, I'll, we'll take the fans. It's We're in L.A., baby. We're in L.A., right? Yeah, you're it. already trendy. All right, tell us, Craig, where they can find your work at, man. Yeah, man. So um, right now, uh, my main platform is going to be on Twitter. Um, I should be a lot better about Instagram, but um, especially since I'm only on, I'm only Twitter myself, yeah. bro. Yeah, I, I got off of Instagram a while ago. My wife gives me the blues about it all the time. We have kids and I never post pictures. It's just I don't know. I'm not big on Instagram, but uh, over at Twitter. So it's top underscore flight is spelled F-L-Y-T and the number three at Twitter. Top underscore flight F L Y T and then three. All right. And uh, Kevin, how can they yep. find your work? Come find us charger chat pod on Twitter. We're uh, charger chat podcast on, in- on Instagram. And then we got YouTube. If you want to go check us out, we got some, we don't just do the, our podcast. We do like fake commercials and stuff for each episode. So it gets kind of fun over there on YouTube. So come check us out if you got some time and, um, if you got questions on um, Denzel Perriman, hit us up because I love the guy and I'm so happy for you guys. I'm, he's he's a great player. All right. This is the C3 Panthers podcast. My name is Tony Dunn. This was a, a little impromptu or special during free agency. We're going to pump out extra content on Denzel Perriman. We're live Tuesday nights, 9 p.m. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at cat underscore chronicle. Don't forget to call into the show. Leave a voicemail 252-228-5098. And uh, check out that Discord channel we're trying to build. A lot of people are going crazy on that, and, and you can find the um, information for that in the show notes. And until then, oh, next uh, we got to do David Moore stuff probably tomorrow. We got we got a lot of we got a, the Panthers. Maybe we'll catch up with a a Cardinals reporter and find a little Hassan Reddick information. So keep checking out the C three Panthers podcast. And till next time, keep pounding. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.